Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 141 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie. I'm here with my co-host, Mary, who I am pretty sure has been waiting for this episode for the entire 141 episodes we've had because it's about data. I said data so quietly because I feel like we should have reverence around that word for you. You want to take a moment with it? Sit with the data? You found me out. Today we have a very cool guest and she is talking about marketing data. And I know that normally you don't say cool and marketing data in the same sentence, but Dawn Foster, who came on to talk, this is her like zone of genius, made it really easy and very accessible. And I did not feel afraid of it. I mean, I felt a little afraid of it, but she made me feel safe. Well, we all know how I feel about marketing from last week's episode, (laughs) but... (laughs) But really, the data part of it, I'm really excited about because maybe that will make it seem a lot more possible for me. It does. It actually gives incredible context. Like you don't feel like you're, I sort of feel like with marketing, I'm shooting like arrows in a hundred different places because there's so many different types, which we talked about last week. Like, what kind do I need? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And when you actually sit with particularly if you have a business that has data. I mean, you and I have years behind us now at this point, so we can actually see like, where do the clients come from and where have we been successful and where have we failed and where do the visitors come to our site and what does social media do? And if you actually take that data and put it in a way that is readable, (laughs) it actually makes your strategy a lot easier. Your strategy makes itself, I feel like. Yeah, and I will say in the moment, it always seems like, why am I collecting this data? I'm not really doing anything with it. What is this information for? But I really like how it, as it piles up over time, like over a few months and like into the year, like you can really reflect like on a month or on a quarter or on a year to really see, oh, wow, 
that's how those things went. And that that's what I tried to implement. And that's how it worked out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it really lets you know whether or not your gut is right. Because I feel like we all sort of know, like, this is where we think things are coming from. And actually, my when I looked deeply at my data, it proved I was wrong about something, which was really critical because then I knew not to put money towards that anymore. So really making sure that what you think is happening is actually playing out is so key. And I find that in just talking to other business owners who are sort of going through this journey, they feel like, yeah, there are definitely some surprises when you actually start looking at the metrics. Um, And by metrics, I mean like where your customers come from and and how they find you and do you have repeat customers and what's the dollar, the average dollar amount of a new customer, like the amount to acquire a customer, uh, things like that. So I think knowing all that is, and it's all in there. Like it's, it should be all in your records. You just have to make sure you're also capturing the information. And for me, the big one was like referral source. That's a huge one. And in the beginning I wasn't capturing that well enough. Yeah. That's something I always, ask or like tell to community members even like, okay, where, where are your leads coming from right now? Where's your business coming from right now? Like referrals, if they're coming from referrals, which referrals, who are they coming from? Yes. Because you could find that most of your referrals might, might be coming from one or two people. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. And then if they're coming from those one or two people or what types of referrals are you getting or things like that? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, it's really, really, really helpful. And it, particularly the longer you're in business, I yeah. feel like it makes you feel a little bit more in control over what you're doing because you can start to get a little bit on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And more established it makes you feel more established. Like, okay, like I've done all these things and this is what's working and this is what's not working, especially at the end of the year. Cause the end of the year, you know, and yes, can't believe it's November, but <laughs> at the end of the year, it's easy to say like, especially in 2020, what did I do this year? Yes. <laughs> or like, I did nothing. What, what happened? Yeah. Why but am I so you, tired? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eternal question. Um, but really when you, when you're able to look back at all that information, it can be really eye opening to oh, hey, I did actually do work this year and this is how it worked out. Yeah. And it's nice to keep it, to track it, I think on a monthly and a yearly and then over year after year basis. Um, Yeah. Because there have been a few things we hadn't been tracking. And then a few months ago, I just got it in my head. I was like, Brie, I need all this information. And she's like, seriously? (laughs) Oh, I have to redo all that. I mean, she, we had it all. It just wasn't like, in a beautiful spreadsheet, I could go look at and say, oh, okay, this makes sense. And yeah. And some of it was a little more manual than we wanted it to be. So now not only are we making it, are we gathering it correctly, but we're making it less manual. So she's automating it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Very key. There's some stuff we struggle to automate though. We just have to do it on like a um, a monthly basis, but there are some, like, I find that I find, I feel myself being very limited by some of the tools that we use. Like I wish it could do X and then you call the company and they're like, maybe in 2024, (laughs) somebody had, somebody else had to have asked for this. Right. Right. Yeah. I wish, I mean, I feel like everybody feels this way. I wish there was one like all powerful CRM project manager. We just, we can't find it. Yeah. No, I agree. It's the same in big companies that run like whatever on SAP or something. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to, and then when you do try to cram everything into one system, like as you get bigger, it, you kind of get some hiccups there too. That's true. Yeah. Systems are, yeah, to gather all the data, it's it's hard to find really good systems. Like 
in hashtag legal, I have an attorney management system that I have to have because I have to manage like conflicts between potential Mm -hmm. clients and existing clients. And I have to manage a bunch of things that nothing could, no CRM could manage, but in a specific attorney one, but the attorney management system, which I love, doesn't do, have the, the capabilities of a CRM. Yeah. So they created a CRM, but it's not, it doesn't do like half the things we wanted to do. So right. we just, we want to be on one platform, but we, uh, we are unfortunately are straddling too. And that kind of, and the two don't zap between like the, camp- Oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I mean, this just tortures Brie far more than it tortures me. <laughs> right. Here talk right. about it. Cause I'm like, go <laughs> get this data. And she's like, Oh. So, right. When you have an operations person, then it's great. Collect all the data you want. No, but still make sure it's meaningful. But yeah, you can have, but if you don't have an operations person, really think of like, what are the basic, what are the basic things you want to be tracking and at least track those for the time being. Dawn gives some really good information about that too. So she'll give, she gives a a really good framework. I took a lot of notes during this interview. So let me, I feel like, I, I mean, this is a perfect time. What a good segue to talk Look about. That. I know. So let me tell you a little bit more about Don. Don Foster is a marketing strategist and a brand guru who sees shapes and colors before words. After leading large and small marketing teams for over a decade, she now provides resources to small businesses who want to up-level their marketing. Having worked with budgets that range from non-existent to multi-million dollars and everywhere in between, her experience, creativity, and analytical skills are helping solopreneurs, C-suite operations, e-commerce, and online retailers create original branding and marketing strategies that are exceeding revenue goals and standing out from their competitors. And now on to the interview. I am very excited to announce the launch of the Unbusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of classes, we've created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and terms and conditions and privacy. Whether you are a designer, developer, creator, or you own your own brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We've capped all videos at 20 minutes to make sure we get the most important subjects without all of the unnecessary legal jargon. You can choose the mini class you want, or you can buy a bundle and make a masterclass. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you'll be empowered to make decisions and will know when you need to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. I am so excited to be joined today by Dawn Foster. Dawn, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamie. Excited to be here. Let's get started. Tell everyone about yourself um, and who you are, where you come from, where you work, all that good stuff. Sure. So I'm Dawn Foster, owner of D Foster Marketing, and I provide marketing and branding services to small business owners and solopreneurs. They typically hire me to step in and act as their marketing director either for new businesses or existing businesses to help them craft and lead the execution of their marketing and branding initiatives. I'm an East Coast girl, but I'm currently living in Austin, Texas. That's awesome. How did you end up owning your own business? Oh, wow. It's the stars aligned. (laughs) (laughs) I find a lot of 
entrepreneur stories are that way. Yeah, it's it's super interesting because I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. You know, as I grew up, I saw my mom go into the office every day and my dad was an entrepreneur himself, but I just thought adulthood would be, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go into the office, do my eight or so hours, come home, live life on the weekends, wake up and repeat. Hmm. But at the top of 2020, Um, In February, I got an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Uh, Someone called me and knew that I was kind of doing a little bit of consulting work on the side, and they were expanding their business, and they wanted me to be their primary client, where they requested that I walk away from my corporate job. So I thought, okay, things are coming together. Like, this fell in my lap. This is the place that I think I'm supposed to be because I had just gotten to that point where I was ready to do something different. I didn't know what it was, didn't think this was it, but (laughs) here I am. Uh, That was February and I was transitioning out of corporate right when COVID-19 hit. So I'm one of those people as well that started a business right as everything turned upside down on us. Well, now I feel like I have a thousand things I want to ask you about. (laughs) And we're probably going to touch on those things. But the reason I was interested in chatting with you is because one of the topics that you speak about is the importance of numbers in marketing. Um, And I definitely want to get into that topic. And I think it's one that is not talked about enough. But I'd love to hear a little bit more since you are a fairly new entrepreneur, which is very exciting. What were you doing prior to owning your own business? I've been in the corporate space for, I had been in the corporate space mm. for almost 15 years. Um, I'd work for Golfsmith International. Uh, I'd worked for uh, a company called Bailey Banks and Biddle, a luxury jewelry retailer. Oh, yeah. I'd worked for a doors and window company. I'd worked under the uh, residential real estate umbrella. I'd been in just about every position from graphic design intern all the way to marketing manager. My background is in design. Mm. So that's where I started. But over the years, I transitioned into the planning and strategy side of things. It's a happy marriage where I'm able to combine my creative side and my type A personality that loves spreadsheets together into this harmonious world. Well, now that you've mentioned spreadsheets, let's talk about it. What numbers should we even be thinking about when it comes to marketing? It all depends on what your overall business goals are. That's the first place to start. When I start working with a client, one of the first things we do is outline what what are your goals and how are your goals connected to revenue? It's like a two-part. So for example, if someone has a goal of, I want to increase my social media following, well, why? What does that connect to where it's going to help move the needle? So then we'll expand that goal. And that then helps put some traction together for whatever all of our, whatever the strategy will be, how our marketing tactics funnel under that, et cetera. So for example, let's say that I am, I want to increase my social media. That's actually something that me and my business and my business is a law firm. I run um, Hashtag Legal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've been around for a long time. And marketing is something that, frankly, as an attorney and someone who really just, frankly, 
has most of my business has come from referrals or speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Marketing has been something that I've been really sort of interested in, particularly with COVID, because I'm not traveling anymore. Um, and we've been very lucky that things have continued to be good for hashtag legal, but it's still in the back of my mind. And social media is one of those places that we've focused on because it allows us visibility. So let's say you did have a client like me who came to you and said, I want to increase my social media because my social media followers, because I want to make sure that people view me as an expert in the industry, Mm -hmm. because if they do, then I believe they're going to hire me. What should I, what numbers am I looking at and what kind of data should I be focused on there? So if you already have kind of a content calendar for how you show up on social, let's say you're posting quotes, some per, a mix of personal things just to connect with your audience, the numbers we'll then look at would be how many likes are you getting? That's usually the first one that people are looking at. But you also need to look at, okay, how many people then came to my website because of this post. And then you'll look at those numbers and try to find some trends there where you can say, okay, I know that when I post a tip, I get a lift in website traffic. But if I kind of pull back the curtain and show a little bit of my personality, I get more followers in general. So you'll put, you'll be able to put together a mix of what you know will work based on what your overall goals are. Oh, I love that. So the idea of sort of not just looking at your likes, but actually taking that step further and thinking to yourself, okay, based on what I'm posting, this is what's going to lead people to check me out a little bit more or maybe send an email or something like that. Correct. Yes. So even though you're posting on social, you have all these other facets of your business that you're trying to use your marketing and social efforts to feed. So if you're trying to get booked appointments or more people to use the contact form just for a simple inquiry, in addition to increasing your likes, all three of those will be numbers that you'll want to pay attention to rather than just the likes as you're trying to establish yourself as a thought leader. Oh, that's really interesting. And so let's, obviously there's so many different ways that you can do marketing outreach. Do you take that sort of lift that idea of saying, okay, now I'm looking at the type of outreach I'm doing. Let's tie it back to whatever that goal is. Like you're talking about, let's say I want more people to sign up for my mailing list. Um, And that's what my end goal is, because if I get to talk to people more, they're going to remember me when they need me. Does that translate across, say, to email marketing or advertising or you tell me any of the other sort of marketing strategies that a business may consider? Yes, absolutely. I'm on the edge of my seat here. I tend to geek out over numbers. (laughs) I love it. Me too. Let's do this. This is why I want to chat with you. (laughs) That idea and concept shows up in every space. So if you have an email list, you'll look at those same numbers. What subject line gave you the most open rates? And then what content did you include in that email that had people click through to wherever it was that you were sending them? All of those numbers you'll want to look at Uh, mix that up based on what your goal is. And one of the great things about it, I'm doing a shimmy shake here because I'm getting excited. (laughs) That's awesome. 
is that when you know what works on social, once you've got kind of a routine and you can kind of know what to expect from what you're doing there, you can test that out in an, on a different channel. If posting facts and stats works on social, how does that perform in email? Can you give a fact and a stat, stat and then instruct people to book an appointment to learn how that fits their business? Even with email, if something's working there, that subject line, how can you build that subject line out so that people then can engage with it in a different place? So your subject line, if people are opening your email because of your subject line, that means it's something that people want to learn more about. So then you take that information, you mix it up a little so that it works in a social space and then try that same content there. That's really interesting. Do you find that that strategy often works, that the audience for, say, an email list is the same or similar or has similar needs to an audience on social media? No, it varies. But Mm. it's always a great starting point. Mm. It's having that information is going to get you closer than if you were just throwing ideas out there. Which we all do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In each space, you know what your audience likes. So how can you then use that information to capture a wider audience or continue to feed them so that you do stay top of mind? That's smart. So in social, I'm really thinking about likes, engagement, comments, um, people clicking a link to drive to my website, maybe signups on email. And in email marketing, I'm looking at, and tell me what I'm missing because I don't know, I'm just repeating back what I think I've heard you say, open rates, and then potentially, I guess, clicks within that email. Are there any other metrics I should be looking at in email marketing? Yes. You'll want to also look at your unsubscribe rates. Mm. If you are using an email platform where you can kind of segment out the different behaviors of your audience, you can then create a totally different segment. Uh, Let me put this into an example. So let's say there's a realtor. I always go to real estate. Let's (laughs) say there's a realtor who is sending an email out that is talking about different real estate trends within the market. And they have a secondary message that really just talks about the average home value, the average days on the market. Everyone that clicks the information about the average price of the homes in their area, average days on the market, those people you now know are really in tuned to knowing what's happening in their local real estate market. Now that you know that this group of people likes that type of information, you can kind of think through why do they like it? Are they thinking about buying? Are they thinking about selling? Are they just real estate buffs? Are they, is this just something that they're into? But once you know someone likes a certain piece of content, you can then feed them more of that. Mm, That's really interesting. I like that. So these are the metrics I should be looking at. And I can find this, let's say I use um, ConvertKit or MailChimp or any of them. All that data should be in there. Yes, it's all in there. It's in there. All email marketing platforms will spit out reporting that you need. And then it's just a matter of looking at the different information that it's giving you and figuring out what to do next. It's kind of like a puzzle Mm. where once you are able to put it all together, 
you see the bigger picture of a, either a new opportunity, something that you've done really well, an area that you may have missed. It also allows you to really, really, really get to know your audience better. That's key. Yes. <laughs> Knowing your audience is important. What other marketing strategies do some of maybe some of your clients use or do you have you seen use outside of email marketing and social media? It's it's always a mix. There's just the regular content marketing where you're putting efforts into making sure that you're building up the content that your website has so that people find value when they do visit your website. Um, that content marketing also helps uh, as one of the things that you were saying you're trying to do, establish yourself as a thought leader in the industry. So even if even if you're blogging, you can then take that content information and dissect it into smaller bits and pieces to repurpose it for display advertising, Facebook advertising. If you have an email list, you can feed it there. If you're using direct mail as one of your marketing tactics, you can use that content somewhere else in your direct mail piece. Everything is trackable. Everything you can put a number to. It's just a matter of doing it. I'm starting to see... I'm starting to see the pattern here. I love yeah. that because it all relates. It's so smart. And no one, honestly, no one's ever said it this way <laughs> to me um, as someone who marketing completely baffles. So let's say you are hypothetically me <laughs> who doesn't do a great job of this. Um, I sort of have an idea. I do a best, my best place I do this is social media for sure. We really understand our numbers there and we understand our audience and we tend to, you know, it takes some trial and error, but we have an idea of sort of what they're interested in. But what if you're someone like me who hasn't really been tracking, say, your email marketing stats or you're not that great at email marketing. This is all hypothetical, Dawn. I would never say that I'm not. <laughs> and um, how do you, one, can you go backwards? And two, if you haven't, like, do you just kind of sort of start that day or wh where do you, how do you start when you feel completely overwhelmed by this landscape of all this information that doesn't come naturally? Absolutely. That's, that's something that I always have to walk my clients through that are feeling overwhelmed. Start small. So like you said, you are on top of what your social media is doing. You're looking at the numbers there. You can take that same knowledge and use that kind of as your introductory course to looking at the numbers of different marketing channels that you are using. If for some reason you haven't been tracking with that channel, how that channel is performing, there are things that you can implement that will help you at least start to get some of the basic numbers down. All right. All right. I believe you. I feel like I trust, <laughs> I trust you. I believe this can be done. Any other tips that I didn't ask you about or did I like miss something giant where you're like, oh my gosh, people need to know this that you want to share with our audience? Yes. And that is Google Analytics. Oh yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Google Analytics can kind of pull everything together for you. If you've never used Google Analytics, it, I'm not going to lie, it can be super overwhelming to get in there and see all of the numbers that it's spitting back at you. But there's one section that you can just see the basics of how many people have come to your website, how many of those people 
are new to your website versus having previously visited your website. You can see if they came in organically, if they came in via social, if they came in from a referral channel. And a referral channel would be if someone else has talked about your business and linked to your website, you can see if they've come in that way. Google Analytics gives you a lot of insight as to either where you want to start if you're just getting into looking at the numbers for your business, as well as how to tweak it and get better at it. So if you have a blog, you're able to see which of your blog posts people are visiting the most. So now you know this is what people most care about. Mm. Google Analytics has a lot of great, a, a lot of great insight. Real talk, it terrifies me. But, <laughs> but my my director of operations, she is way into numbers and data, so she she dives into it every once in a while. But <laughs> we definitely need to look at it a lot more. So that is an excellent piece of advice. Yeah. You honestly, Don, you have made this so manageable. I feel like you have an incredible system. It feels very logical to me. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I am positive uh, our audience is going to want to find out more about you. So can you please tell everyone where they can find you? I am online at dfostermarketing.com. You can find me on Instagram at dfostermarketing, same for Facebook. And I am on LinkedIn under Dawn P. Foster. Nobody, everybody neglects LinkedIn. So I love that you just said that. (laughs) Oh yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is probably my social media platform of choice of choice. Yeah. I think, I think it's the corporate side of you is my guess because I think so many entrepreneurs neglect it. I, when I worked in a corporate setting, that's all we focused on. And it's just very interesting to watch the further away you get from corporate some people start to stray from LinkedIn, but it's a powerful uh, social media channel. One that shouldn't be neglected. Yeah, it definitely is. So quickly, we're going to stray a little bit from numbers here. That's okay. Tell us. I want to hear it all. (laughs) The reason why social, uh, I'm sorry. The reason why LinkedIn is my social media platform of choice is because usually if someone needs a marketing consultant, they aren't thinking, let me go to Instagram to find one, or let me go find a marketing consultant on Facebook. They're, if they're going to social media to find a marketing consultant, they're probably going to start on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn allows me to show up the way that my audience needs me to show up. I use the other social media platforms really just more so as my nurturing tactics. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for LinkedIn. That's an awesome piece of bonus advice. I love it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time. This has been an incredible amount of information. So thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of courses, we have created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and privacy. Whether you are a creator, a developer, or you own a brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you will be empowered to make decisions and will know when to ask for help. 
For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. Okay, I have a whole lot of new things to implement. Right. She's good. Yeah. She was, she made it feel very easy and it was she gave a lot of really good information. Yeah, I feel like cracking the code on the on the marketing piece of the data is a really big deal. It is. Yeah, it definitely gives a framework for what's important in your business and making sure that you're tracking all the right stuff and it allow you to sort of course correct if if you're not, which I wasn't for a long time. So, um if you're not, I it's okay, you can always start and you can retrace some of it, but I've found particularly having data year over year, it makes a huge difference for trends. Like yeah. I have struggled to find the ebbs and flows of my business. I have not found a discernible pattern where some people are like, you know, like in the content creation business, everybody knows that December is going to be insane and then January is going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And I have, I can't, I've been doing this now for like six years, seven years. I can't, there is no pattern. So that's hard to sort of try to track, but yeah, but not knowing the pattern enables me to at least, you know, make sure I have like savings and whatever we need in order if there is a sudden dip we're not anticipating. Right. And you can be, yeah, exactly. You can be set up and prepared in mm-hmm. case something happens. And if it yep. doesn't happen, that's fine too. And better. Yeah. I can buy myself something new. There you go. <laughs> For my office or business, of course. Treat yourself. Oh, I got myself a new office chair. I'm very excited about it. I'm getting a stand up desk. Oh, see, these are mm-hmm. these are the expenses that we need to spend before the end of the year. I love it. Exactly. Yes. So I want to hear, I mean, I'm so struggling with marketing that I would very much love to hear everybody's, yeah. uh, tell me your marketing plan because I'm just, keep talking to me about marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just so, I'm, I don't know. This really was- must be how people feel when they call me about legal. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I feel exactly. your pain. I really exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. Look at that. See, Jamie can understand you all now. I do. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I understand. It's very overwhelming. Some people are like, this is so easy. And I'm like, no, it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> if you are not already a member of our Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ on Facebook or at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com. As always, we love reviews. So go ahead and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.